Craft Beer Radio, episode 356, on November 7th, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio 356. It is the first uh, the first show of November. It is after Thanksgiving, which in America land means Christmas starts. So we're going to start doing a Christmas beer, series of beer along with the other beers we do. Uh, yes, that was a uh, song called Dolly from Refreshments. I think our new, instead of finding like number one songs from 20 years ago, we're just going to pick like b-sides out of greg and i's like favorites and uh i'm a big fan of the refreshments i wish they were still around i know roger klein's still making music i like his stuff too but i really like the refreshments all right well speaking of refreshments what refreshments should we start with i think we need to start with the session ipa because that probably everything like else is pretty idea. big all right so this is uh this was sent to us from saranac yeah i picked this up when we were i was up there oh ago, fantastic so. This is a Session IPA Gen 4. Uh, Gen IV, but, you know, IV as in 4. The, um, so Nick Matt, the guy that gave me the tour, his son, Nick. His, Two first names, by the way. Yes, his son, his <laughs> son, Nick. Nick Jr., Nick something. Yeah, Jr., I don't think he's a third. Um, has just stepped up in a bigger role at the company, and he would be the Generation 4 in the, the name see. here. So it's probably his beer or something along those lines. So the malts that we use, pale wheat, Munich, and carapils, hopped with Amarillo and Citra, 30 IBUs, 4.5% alcohol by volume. All right, you're pushing it, but all right. <laughs> remember that tweet we got, Greg? <laughs> remember that tweet we got from Commander of Awesome? Yes, I remember that tweet. The Commander of Awesome is, is sick of me saying, you know, complaining about it. Well, tough. <laughs> Seriously, Commander of Austin, is that if that's your only complaint, then we're doing pretty well. I doubt that's your only complaint. <laughs> Give a few more. Knock him down a peg. <laughs> Please. Lots Maybe of... listen to the beerist if you don't like it so much. <laughs> hey, man. Stop sending my listeners elsewhere. All right. So um, the room on this one, it, it's big and fruity. Kind of lemon peely is kind of the first note that I got on it. It's... Yeah, I wasn't smelling that until you, until you pointed it out, but yeah, this, that citra is, is bringing a lot of... Yeah, this is citra, but it's really coming across kind of like a, a lemon peel or something like that, more so than tangerine and, and you know, the more orangey-type flavors I'm used to. It's really weird, because until you pointed that out, I, I, I was just sort of smelling the malts. I was getting okay. uh, a, a kind of caramelly... Um, yeah, it's sort of a Munich uh, like stuff coming from it because it was a little bit, a little bit towards the toffee, but not super toffee. A little bit towards the sugary, but not sort of sugary. That, that's kind of Munich mm-hmm. in my mind. Yeah, there's a fair amount of malt coming off it as well, but not really toasty. Yeah, I can get what you're saying. I think I think it probably smells a little more crystal malt than Munich to me. But let's move on to the taste and see what we get. The beer is a pretty pale golden color, slight slight haze on it. Has a pretty good body, decent bitterness to it. I think it probably needs to be warmed up just a touch mm-hmm. here. Hasn't been a we didn't pull them out of the fridge till after the pre-show because I, I feel that the last couple of shows we've got let the beers get a little too warm. So I wanted to keep them in the fridge a little bit longer. Alright, we can spend still more, making more time still making adjustments. <laughs> Maybe we need to have one of those that like 
mini piezoelectric fridges right there. <laughs> but they would make noise. I don't know. I guess a piezo one wouldn't make noise. No, it would because it'd have fans running. Mm-hmm. Cooler with ice. That'd be quiet. Mm. We could use some beerfrost.com. Nonsense. It'd keep it cold for days. <laughs> and then you can pour it on your lawn. Nice purple lawn. If you're wondering, that was the product that Greg and I did not care for. They're hawking at the GABF. Well, let's be clear. We did not care for their marketing. We have not actually used the product. But we have no reason to believe the product is any different from just dry ice. Or not dry ice, from just salt. plain old uh, rock salt. Yeah, I just... But the directions, like the the kind of... The way the directions are right, we, written. We, we, did, we did our, our spiel on them. Let's not... <laughs> let's not kick, it's not a product I need. Salt or not. Let's not beat a dead horse. Okay. Oh, like the like the session thing? We'll be, we can beat that one. Well, the session thing is something we talk about. The session thing is affecting, <laughs> affecting beers that are being produced. Now we're going to be meta. We're just going to... We're going to be arguing about... Arguing about sessionable. You don't know how much you you may have an idea, but you don't know how much that would please me. <laughs> I know how much that would please you. <laughs> you call up Dan Harmon and be like, "Hey, look what we did." <laughs> I would never call him up. I would just hope you would find it naturally. the uh, The lemony is kind of on the back of your tongue. It's a little more orangey. But there's there, there, the there's a decent caramel maltiness coming through on this, and that's kind of making it kind of like almost like uh, a little bit like orange slice candy, just just a little bit. It's not quite as potent. Mm-hmm. It's not quite as sugary, but there's a little something reminiscent of orange slices. Like a lot of session formulations, it lacks a little bit of. Uh, depth of the back of your mouth, right? I mean, it, it kind of hits you up front with some fruity flavors and, and even a little bit, in this case, a little bit of some crystals and maltiness. Uh, but the back, where some, where that usually gets supported, uh, it doesn't feel like it's, it's as well supported. Mm-hmm. And maybe that maybe I'm just feeling in the back of my mouth because I'm thinking of it that way. It could just be a sort of flavor thing that I'm interpreting sort of visually or sort of directionally, but it's just... Right. It just I don't I don't feel it has a, a big foundation. It's a big. It's a slab of flavor, but it's not a building of flavor. Mm-hmm. That, it's not a pyramid of flavor, something like that. Oh, this works out well. It has probably a little more malt character than your than most session mm-hmm. IPAs have. Um, and then the hoppiness isn't very pithy. Like that's another characteristic of a lot of session IPs. It's right. very, they tend to be more pithy, and this one's a little more fruity. So that's nice as well. I think the amarillo is being used really well here by uh, hitting those pithy, t- getting those pithy natures of of the citra sort of mixed up in a little bit of a sulfury stuff. So it it feels mm-hmm. more pushed down, a little bit more earthy, without getting some of the funkier things of amarillo and letting the citra. The citrus stuff actually shine through as opposed to just the pithy stuff. I think it's really well used. And that could also be the combination of malts, too. I shouldn't just say the hops are doing that. So in general, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of this beer. Uh, I think that it suffers from what... I mean, it suffers is the wrong way to put it. It is a session IPA. It fits that style. So it has these things that 
you're not going mm-hmm. to find in full IPAs. Right. It has these characteristics. And it's also not going to be dripping with hop character, right. like with right. juicy hops like you get out of. I, you know, I can't think of a session IPA that I've had that it's been. Like, I just had some Stone Ruination yesterday. Mm-hmm. The 2.0. First time I've had the Ruination 2.0. That's a really good beer. It was just dripping juicy hoppiness, you know, kind of like that hop stalker that we had on the show. And, um, yeah, like that's a character that I have not seen in a right. session IPA. But I, I think that, like you said, that, you know, or, or at least my point is that. That's not what session IPA is going for. That's not the style. If you're looking for that, don't get a session IPA. Oh, absolutely. So, sure. uh, so in terms of the style, in terms of going for what a session IPA does, as long as you understand what they do, and you don't expect a session IPA to be like a regular IPA, mm-hmm. that would be off style for it. So, yeah. I think we got to do the double IPA next. It's slightly lower in alcohol than the rest of the beers that I like. So. <laughs> I should tell you something. This is a beer I brought back from Virginia Beach. Hopefully it hasn't hop faded. This is from Evolution Craft Brewing Company. They are not in Virginia Beach. They are from Maryland. Lot number six, double IPA, 8.5% alcohol by volume, 75 IBUs. Don't know what else is going with it, but they mention tropical and citrus notes. So I'm hoping there's some interesting hops going on in there. Some of our, the ones that we have been lately finding more interesting, let me put it that way. Mm-hmm. The color is eh, cloudy orange. Yep. Dark orange. The aroma, there's a little bit of kind of um, maybe like a blood orange or something like that. It's fairly malty. Let's see if there's a production date on this bottle. Wait till I get on. To, okay, here it is. It was uh, May or oh, best. Their notches are off. <laughs> Did you hate that? So it it was either made in May of 2015 or it's best by May of 2016. Probably made in May. Yeah, the, the, the year notches right between the two years, closer to the 2016. Mm. Mm. I don't think it's best by May. 2016. Probably, I don't think it's Best Buy because then they would conceivably have more years on here. No. So, that, I mean, this is a label that will take them up through to 2016. Right? So, my guess is it's made in May 2016. Okay. This beer has hop faded, but I still think it tastes pretty good. Uh, I just took a sip, and it, it's a more sweet. There's some bitterness there, but I'm not getting very much... Um, Volatile hop flavors. It's it's kind of candy like. Uh, I, I think it's still worth drinking and reviewing. But uh, we'll just mention that it's not fresh. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I actually, personal preference. I like my double IPAs a little bit half faded. I think that they can be, especially when when they're too overtly assertive. I think mm-hmm. that they uh, they gain. Uh, what might be you might consider a little bit more of an English style, I suppose, if if you let the hops fade a bit, because the malts start to to push through a bit more. But, yeah, the malts are certainly pushing through yeah. on this. I mean, when I had this beer in Virginia Beach, it was yummy. It was a lot brighter on the hops, and uh, I thought we I thought they were all gone. And I found one tonight, 
And I was worried they'd be a little afraid of it. I wanted to try it anyway. And I'm happy with the beer that's in the glass. Mm-hmm. It just may not be representative. So let's just talk about the beers in the glass. Yeah. And, and go from there. So they call this their lot number three on performance enhancing malt and hops. Well, they have... Um, so they, the lot number three is a different beer, isn't it? I, yes. yes. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, it's lot three on performance enhancing. Right. Okay. Lot I three see. is their IPA. Right. Which is now, this was at, uh, what was it, 8.5? Yeah. The lot three is uh, 6.8. So, I mean, if you're just going by percentage, but then again, I, I was reading an article about this. Percent, the difference between 8 and 6% is actually a lot. Oh, the, well. The effect. The article was about session drinking. Right. And comparing a session beer at four versus four and a half. And how that half percent over beers and beers makes a big difference in accumulated uh, blood alcohol. That wasn't the article I was... Uh, I was not reading. the Draft Magazine one? I don't think so. It, someone, may, it may have been based on That's the on one that... that someone on Twitter sent us recently. Oh, then, then, that may, then, I, then I may be remembering parts of the article wrong. Which is certainly possible. Yeah, I saw the article a while ago. And then, yeah, someone tweeted it to us uh, two weeks ago. And... Uh, Many the article people. I read, or is the article I'm remembering, said something about how just a difference in one or two percent can be a major difference in beer. It, 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 well, it was it, talking about over a session. Yeah, it, it's a cumulative thing, mm-hmm. and it was showing how, you know, with the average metabolism, how right about how yeah, there was parts about how your kidney is destroying the alcohol, or right, and if you're drinking like a, if I remember right, like a three two or something like that. Yeah, you can you can way, yes, you can okay. metabolize okay, that's where the two about a three two an hour or something like that. So if you had a three two beer an hour, you would not get any more drunk or not get any more sober. And then if you go to three five, you know, right. then you get that extra three tenths per hour. You know that kind of thing. That's right. what so I was the, talking the, about. The, the point of the article basically is that the scale of alcohol effects on your body is not linear. You can't just you can't just go up. It's just oh slightly more. Over a session of beers. Over a session of beers. Yes. I mean, or one of it's a drinking se- A drinking session. I mean, over one, it, it doesn't have time to really diverge. I Unless mean. it's like utopias or something. Well, sure. But then you're talking about 3% versus 25%. And it, the scale's kind of broken at that point anyway. True. Well, I, I drank that beer without talking about it, but I think that's okay. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was good. It was very malty. There was a little bit of um, orange pith in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe a touch of grapefruit still. Didn't get much. I'm not getting much in the way of here. You can have a little bit some of mine so you can have another uh, taste because I didn't drink it that fast. Uh, you can have some of, I'm not getting much in the way of tropical stuff. If there's anything, there might be a little bit of a pineapple thing going on. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like tasting galaxy and, and interesting like passion right. fruit or mango stuff. Yeah. It, it's 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 turned into it, or it still is an interesting beer. It's just not the beer they made. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't dismiss it, even if even with it uh, being slightly faded, I, cer- I certainly wouldn't dismiss the beer. Actually, you know what? A, a beer that is widely available that a lot of people might have had. The beer at this stage reminds me a little bit of Avery IPA. And I'm not saying Avery IPA is always hop faded, but some of the characteristics I'm noticing here, I also notice in Avery IPA. Okay. Well, then I'm going to get myself some Avery IPA. 
I enjoyed that. All right. Okay. Now we need to turn this up, turn up the volume here because this is, uh, well, we're starting at nine and going up from there. <laughs> Next three beers. Pick this beer up in Virginia Beach also. No, this isn't one we have to worry about hop fading, so that's good. This is uh, from the Hardywood Barrel series. This is the Vine, Vinalia Urbana. Is that how you would say that? Excuse me. <laughs> um, the the I, I would say Vinalia, but Vinalia might be right. I, I think Vinalia because it's I think it's vanilla. Uh oh. No. Uh... Um, the cork was damaged when it was inserted. And there was no... Well, the beer still smells fine. It doesn't smell like a moldy mess. But yeah, the cork was damaged. It looks like it's kind of saturated. And yeah, there was no retention of gas. So this could be... Okay, we have a cask out. <laughs> oh, there's, there, oh, there's, no, there's, carbonation. there's carbonation in there. Okay. Nothing was in... No, no air was released when I opened the cork. Okay, we'll start so, with a small pour. Yeah, this is Get more if we need it. A wine, a white wine. So it might be Vinalia. White wine, barrel aged Belgian style golden ale. Uh, it's aged for months in freshly emptied Sauvignon Blanc barrels. And let's see, nine percent alcohol by volume. 30 IBUs. So they're, they're so expecting some... So, okay, so what I'm getting from this is expect some sort of grape wine character mm-hmm. to come through Vinius character and a little bit of oak. There's a lot of writing here. Might want to compare that just to make sure there's not, no okay. secret nuggets that aren't on the webpage. The, uh, the nose on this... I think the barrel is kind of coming through. It has like this vanilla type flavor to it. Oh, is that cork or is that mold floating in my beer? I think it's cork. Yeah, it's cork. <laughs> yeah, the the at least the bottom part is exactly the same okay. as on their web, on their website. Yes, the the very first thing I saw was Sort of an oaky vanilla. Mm-hmm. Going from there, now I'm smelling some kind of like Belgian esters, some candy sugar type smells, where it's kind of, um, let's see, marshmallow, um, little like uh, like saltwater toffee, like pulled toffee type flavors, or aromas, I should say. So we're drinking this at let's see fifty six, so roughly fifty two. Surprised it's that warm already, but that's cool. It says on the bottle, savor at forty degrees. Forty degrees. Forty degrees. This is a Belgian what? golden. What? I know. Coldest tasting beer in Virginia. <laughs> Why would you take a barrel aged? Belgian golden, say forty degrees Fahrenheit. Maybe they wanted to taste like uh, champagne, or that's another thing I can figure. Is you know, have this beer on ice and drink it like champagne. Wow. 
We're not going to drink it that way. Sorry, Hardywood. Yeah. I am not taking your advice on this one, Hardywood. Do you got that beer frost over there? They do want it in these kind of glasses. They do want it in a standard glass. <laughs> Ice cold in a snifter. <laughs> Frozen snifter. Yes. Oh, that'd be so funny if you went to a bar and they took out snifters from a fridge. From a freezer. <laughs> freezer. That'd be so funny. I think I'm smelling something that's a little bit grape skinny. It's kind of faint compared to the Belgian aromas and the oaky aromas. And uh, the vanilla really comes through on the flavor after the first sip. It's really a big part of the uh, the aroma to me. I actually I'm getting this weird com this combination of the of the oak and, and the and the vanilla stuff, and it's interesting. And then yeah, and then the the sugar from the Belgian stuff mm-hmm. is mixing in with that too. A little bit of the yeast character. This is this tastes very good at fifty two degrees, Hardywood. Yeah. I really would not. Uh... Yeah, I wouldn't really uh, suggest it. Forty. Yeah, this is really interesting. Um, kind of like a. There's a bit of like a. Um, it's kind of like pastry cake or something in there. It's running like uh, the French bakery in Millville, you know, because there's the the vanilla from the barrel. And the Belgian um, character and the sweetness of the beer, it's reminding me of, uh, oh, like Lady Locks. Lady Locks. They're the, the, like the, the pastries you like cook on a clothespin and then you take them out and you stuff them with cream and you put powdered sugar on top. Uh, that's a cannoli, isn't well, it? Well, cannolis, it looks like a cannoli. Okay. But it doesn't really taste like a cannoli. What does it taste like? The, the, the dough's lighter, more... Uh, more phyllo, more flaky than a mm. cannoli, and the cream is generally a lighter whipped cream or something than you know a heavy cream, and then powdered sugar on top. It sounds good, actually. The phyllo with the mm-hmm. with that sort of creamy, and he said powdered. Oh, and then the yeah. well, yeah, okay, that does sound really good, actually. No, I want one. I'll get you some if you've never had Lady I've ones. never had I mean, them. they're not the best cookie ever, but, I mean, they have a certain, you know, there's a place they fit. Uh, yeah. You've not been to enough Western Pennsylvania weddings, apparently. <laughs> I guess not, no. I mean, what, I had not had wedding soup until I get came to Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. That was not something that I knew even existed. <laughs> hey, it's chicken soup with meatballs. Sweet. <laughs> Basically... <laughs> This is really good. Uh, I, the flavors are working really well in here. I poured a small sample because I didn't want to get, mm-hmm. you know, too much alcohol. But I'm going to pour a little bit more because I want to dig in a little bit deeper. Not only that, but I mean, the carbonation level is just right. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a nice soft carbonation. The damn yeah. If this was carbonated like, you know, a Belgian triple or Belgian golden strong ale, it was highly fizzy. I think we'd be missing a ton of this character. We would like who knows if we would have worked out enough gas. To get this soft velvety beer that we got now, that's it's quite ironic because I doubt they planned for that cap to be no. slightly damaged. No, um, there'll be a tweet if you guys want to see. It was just when they were putting it in with the corker, the bottom of the cork kind of got stuck on the edge of the bottle and tore a little bit, and that's kind of what happened. 
Well, there'll be a tweet if Jeff remembers. No, I got a picture of it already, so... Oh, okay. It'll be tweeted. It shall be done. <laughs> it shall be done. Oh, yes. It shall be done. Oh, this is really good. I'm enjoying this a lot. This is this is a really nice mixture. Because uh, the barrel, I mean, the oak is not too oppressive. The vine, the vineyard's quality is not too oppressive. The Belgian quality is mixing in really well with these flavors. Yeah. It, 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 the three flavors, I didn't expect. I did not expect them to go the, go together mm. and make this at all. But I wasn't sure they were going to meld together very well. Yeah. In the first place, I figured the grapes in the barrel was going to be very Chardonnay-like. And then, so I was expecting a very dry Belgian beer to go with it. I was expecting a lot of earthiness, some chalkiness, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, think of one of those really dry chalky triples or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was imagining with a little bit of grape, you know, Chardonnay character. And this is completely different. This is... Like I said, this is more cookie-like. This is reminding me of the Lady Lux that I talked about. There's some sugar cookie in there. There's, uh, while there's no anise, it, it reminds me of Pazelle's for some reason. Okay. I'm not sure. That might just be, I, I don't have a good, I don't have a good reason for it other than it keeps popping into my head. The quality that comes out, I think, uh, or at least that, that's, that, the quality that comes out is sort of an apple pastry. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, the, I mean, if you look at the Belgian maltiness, sugars, esters, and you think of um, an apple pastry or even like a McDonald's apple pie. I mean, you could go somewhere. It, it, it's apple. been so long since yeah. I've had one. It probably tastes like plastic apples <laughs> these days. Yeah. But the idealized one that I remember, you know, from when I was 14 years old, you know, I kind of get that pastry and the mm-hmm. apple and, and whatnot. Yeah, those things are probably disgusting. I mean, I bet if you're, you know, drunk is 3 a.m. and you're, I don't know, just at least a little high, they're amazing. <laughs> but yeah, for that few seconds there in your mouth, they're amazing. And then you remember those Hostess apple pies? How could I forget? I like the cherry pie myself. The cherry pie, but I mean, what are they like? 480 calories. God, for, who knows? Or they were the, probably the most caloric thing I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, I used to enjoy them when I did not know what calories were, or, you know, did not know mm-hmm. right. what it meant to have a, a high calorie thing. Right. Uh, you're just like, hey, it's sweet, and it's got, you know, the, the, it's, it's got these flavors that I like, these processed mm. flavors. Mm, sweet, sugar, <laughs> yeah. salt. Sugar, salt, and fat. Oh, you want you want me to turn this up? You me, I do. You want me to cue the music? Cue the music. So since I mean, since it's getting to be Christmas time, you may be considering buying stuff gifts. gifts for yourself, of course. I mean, why would you buy things for anybody else? What kind of society do we live in? But when you do buy things, you know you're probably going to do some shopping online, Cyber Monday, all that stuff. So for all your Cyber Monday shopping needs, you want to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And we've, our engineer has been at work night and day. And at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, you'll find like the world's largest online store. It is pretty amazing. I mean, we should probably, 
we should probably patent it, but we're letting it go. We're, we're, we're just saying all we want is this little bit. And it, and the, the beauty of it is it's as secure as Amazon. It looks just like Amazon. Well, I mean, we just wanted... We, like, Amazon works. Why change a thing? Let's right. just copy Amazon. So it looks and exactly it, it, like Amazon. You pay the same the amount. The domain name is, is even very... Yeah. But, but craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is where you need to go first. Right. If you, if you use that, then you're hitting the craft beer thing. And the, the, the only difference between that and Amazon, we've, we've designed it this way. It's spectacular. The only difference between that and Amazon is a slight amount of your money, instead of going to Amazon, goes to us. It, it's you remember what was that movie where they were like stealing the fractions of a penny off every bank transaction? Uh, office Space. Oh yeah, Office Space. So this is our version of Office Space right here, where with Amazon's blessing, believe it or not, we're able to skim like six percent of what you would normally pay at Amazon. I mean, and our engineer. Let's, let's you know, not forget yeah. our engineer. Yeah, yeah. We, we skim like six percent off of what you'd normally pay at Amazon, and it comes to help support the show. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. That was Office Space. <laughs> like, what movie was that? <laughs> if only, see, if we had planned ahead, I could have saved that, and we could have played the song when they're bashing the fax machine. Um, what song? What did they play? It's some hardcore gangster rap type song. I don't remember. I know they did. They played "Damn It Feels Good to Be a Gangster" when he was. Uh, oh, maybe it was that like... was that was different. That was, um, it was a different part of the movie. Maybe maybe it wasn't a gangster rap song. All right, the next beer. This is a beer that I got uh, from Dave, listener Dave, who's been on the show. Uh, when we met up at Devil's Backbone, he brought beers he had picked up from the North Carolina region. And I brought beers I'd picked up from Virginia Beach region, and we did an exchange. And one of the beers he picked up at the Duck Rabbit Brewery was Duck Rabbit Barley Wine. And that's what we shall be drinking now. <laughs> the first sentence of this makes me afraid. <laughs> the Duck Rabbit Barley Wine is the hoppiest of all the Duck Rabbit brews. Oh, man, no. <laughs> no. The dude has an English bowler on. It's supposed to be English style. <laughs> Don't make it. You told me when you said his English style barley wine. Don't make me hoppy. Son of a gun. This is a Farmville-style barley wine crafted the way brewers in Farmville have always done. Loads of Amarillo hops give a plenty of bitterness. No, no, no. 11% of alcohol by volume. Don't do that. (laughs) We haven't tasted it yet. It might be wonderful. Farmville is uh, Farmville, North Carolina, where Duck Rabbit is. And I'm guessing they had tongue-in-cheek. They're probably like the only brewery ever in Farmville. Mm. Just my guess. I'm not sure on that one. Hey, hops! (laughs) Yeah, it's a hoppy (laughs) barley wine. Yeah. Yeah. Color is a uh, toffee-ish... Yeah, pretty clear. I would go toffee. That's good. So in the nose, you're getting a combination of booze, some really rich malt. You know, barley wines typically have a long boil, and they're a little more caramelized, and kind of smelling that. You're smelling some kettle caramelization on there, which kind of like a a little... It's not roasty, but if you like, imagine like one part roast, 90 parts malt, you know, that's kind of how it gets in there. It's a little bit richer and deeper than just malt. 
the uh, the the maltiness and the booziness is kind of combating the hop aroma fairly well. The hops are coming across a little bit, I guess, orange peely. I mean, this this could be. Well, I haven't tasted it yet. The assertion here could be that we they simply use the most hops in this one, which you might expect because of barley wine. You need to combat yeah all the and they, and they don't make hoppy beers in general. They make brown ales yeah. and stouts and milk stouts, and porters, Baltic porters, imperial stouts. So so maybe it's tongue in cheek. Maybe it's also not very hoppy. Fingers crossed. But if if you're not aware why we're complaining about this, it's been well established over the years that both Greg and I prefer English style barley wines that are not hop forward compared to American style right. barley wines. And if we're drinking a beer like Sierra Nevada, Sierra Nevada Bigfoot, which is when it's fresh, it's crazy hoppy. Uh, we we like to age them for like four years before we drink our Bigfoots. At at about at, at three or four years, somewhere in that zone, <sighs> they hit this amazing zone that both Jeff and I agree is like bam, spot on for what we love. It's not just you and I. We did that vertical a bunch of years ago, and we drank like twelve different big. That was a that was a weird show that I don't really remember very well. well oh no, it wasn't a show. It was when we over I, well, the bar. Yeah, I know. Right. But um, you know, I remember. Enough that the consensus was four to five years for Bigfoot. After right. that, it starts getting too oxidized. Right. And then, you know, the first couple of years are really. And I wonder hard. if bottling technology may have removed that. Yeah, I mean, they switched to better caps, you yeah. know, since we've done this. Uh, Sierra Nevada has a better cap. So there might be more, longer legs on the Bigfoot than there used to be. All right, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's see how this goes. It's not too hoppy. It has a good balance to it. It's definitely not that Stone Old Guardian that we had a couple weeks ago. It's there's some hops there. It's reasonably hoppy. It, it but it's not. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Bigfoot Fresh. It's not. It's not Old Guardian. It's it is fifty five percent hoppy, forty five percent malty. I'd put it in that thing. It's just just a little balance yeah. towards the hoppy. And it's within that's within my threshold of, of hey that's okay. Mm-hmm. I agree that's okay. Um, I still think I would have wanted the malt. Yeah, to be more. I want here. rich malty yeah. old ale. Yeah, barley wine. I want something that that is you know that grandma wants. I want <laughs> I want that sweetness. Because uh, I think that I mean you can you can overdo that as well, but I think that when you hit that, it's it's sort of it feels right. It in in some sense okay. So when I was talking about the Saranac, and I was saying you know look for the for the style, it totally fits. And we but but there was a tendency to compare it to other IPAs because when you have mm-hmm. an IPA, yeah. that's sort of what you're desiring. Mm-hmm. And I feel like when you get a barley wine, that's sort of what you're desiring. You want that that sweetness and that body that goes along with that. I think there's a lot of people that do like the hoppy ones. Absolutely, I'm not dis- and I'm not discounting their taste or you know saying that there's anything wrong with their flavor. I think that you and I, mm-hmm. you know this this particular show that this group of two people who are tasting <laughs> beers right. uh, like them to be a little bit sweeter. The flavors on this one, there is, it's a big maltiness. That was a, oh, that was really good. You like that? Yeah. I just had a sip that really, 
that really captured uh, an essence of Bali wine that I'm looking for, which reminded me of remember the, those like caramel block candies mm-hmm. that you got at the, at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was just a, it was like a really full, complete flavor that uh, that kind of saturated your mouth and a bit of a bit of toffiness and a little bit of of uh, in this case it's hoppiness, but it would be saltiness in case right. of caramel. To just for in terms of bitterness to to counteract it. As I'm drinking this, the bitterness is building mm-hmm. and building, and the hopping is becoming more apparent. So while that first sip, where I said it has almost balance, you know, as sips go on, it's the hops are weighing down the scales. They got their finger on the scale, and it's definitely tilting, and things are starting yeah. to slide down the hoppy side. Now I will say that when I first read this description, I thought Amarillo hops. Oh God. Uh, because ju- I, mean, I mentioned before we were talking about um, was it no it wasn't the Hardywood it was the number six I think no no it was it was actually the Saranac where I was talking about Amarillo hops mm-hmm. were well used right. because if you just use Amarillo hops you can get into trouble right they're not getting into trouble here even though it's just Amarillo hops or at least according to the information we have it's just Amarillo hops right right and that could just simply be the the density of of malt that's in here to overcome. Yeah, I was the, trying to work things. on like what the characteristic of the hops are, but because it's in the barley wine and the barley malt mm-hmm. flavor is such a big part, it's really hard to pick out. I, I've been—I I don't want to sound like a one-track hop descriptor, but you know, it's still reminding me of orange pith, maybe grapefruit pith this time, but it's still this pithy thing that's not. It, I can't think of anything novel to say about it. There's nothing novel to say, but it's really this there to provide. I mean, ideally, it's there to provide just, you know, sort of a bitterness component to counteract the mm-hmm. sweetness. And it's a little, it's still a little overpowering the maltness, but not in a way that makes it oppressive or, or that makes it bad. Um, it's just, I think that ideally it would be less, but, you know, I've had perf- I've had some some tastes of this and that had, had that one taste that was like, man, that was that was just what I wanted. So, who knows? All right, so the next beer is in the fridge because it was in the cellar up until a few moments ago. So we're going to pause and grab the last beer. All right, so our Christmas uh, theme for the next couple of shows begins as we start with the brewery's second Christmas beer. Right, the first one was... Probably partridge in a pear tree would be my guess. Probably. This is two turtle doves. Yes, uh, listener Gary sent us a heck of a care package this year, which uh, had two through seven, I think, if I remember right. I think it was, yeah, yeah, it was six beers. So it was To from, celebrate the season and to celebrate Gary, we're going to spread this out over seven. Seven is seven maids of milking, I think. We'll have to, we'll have to look at that one. I could sing through it and probably make get it, but I, that would just be annoying. Oops, sorry about bumping the mic there. Alright, so they base the beer on turtle candy, which uh, uh, okay. means they brew it with cocoa nibs, toasted pecans, or pecans. Caramel. Pecan. Pecan. Think what? of like P-E-H. Pecan. It, people are people say it differently in different places. Well, okay, but the place where they grow them is the place I put stock in. Alright, whatever. <laughs> uh... Caramelized sugar. I don't know why that matters at all. Caramelized sugar. The guy who who, who invented gifts calls them gifs. 
Well, he's wrong. Yeah, exactly. What do you give each other gifs at Christmas? <laughs> gifs. Gifs. Right. Uh, so cocoa nibs, toasted pecans, caramelized sugar, and a lot of caramel malts. So they call it between a Belgian strong ale and imperial porter. Twelve percent alcohol by volume, fifteen IBUs. Now, was this just made in the second year, I guess? Yes. Yeah. It has been retired. So that means the brewer, this was made in, how old is the brewery now? Seven. I probably, that sounds about right. They're probably about seven or eight years old. Mm-hmm. So this would be made in, like, uh, what, 28? Yeah. Beer pours, looks like a porter or a stout. It's black, it's dark, not much light shining through the corners. Not much head, as you'd expect in a 12% beer. The aroma, it's really mostly like imperial stout. It's kind of roasty to the sooty point. You know, it's kind of ashy. Mm -hmm. There's some booziness coming off of it. It's a bit of a strange to see I, I, I smell in there, so you could call it a porter. But it's really, but but you do notice a, a high level of, of alcohol there, right? Mm-hmm. There's getting there's some volatilization. It's not oh, yeah. it's not fusel, but there's definitely some. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> that would just be sad, sad, yes. sad. I the aroma is not giving up any of those adjuncts, you know, any of the the cocoa nibs or the pecans or. Not directly. I mean, that's the thing. It's like... Well, I'm not saying it's not going to be in the flavor. I'm just saying in the aroma, it's not apparent. Are you, I mean, unless you're getting it. I'm, I'm... I don't know. It could be just suggestion. I'm smelling things that, that could lean in those directions, but I could just as easily get those. I, I, I imagine off a beer that doesn't have those at all. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. All right. On to the... Like the flavor. cocoa, like I feel like there's a slight part of the... I don't know. Beer's pretty oxidized. That's the first thing I got. You know, I got like a, a sherry note. Mm-hmm. Kind of um, almost like yeah, a, yeah. You're right. You're, so, a little bit of staleness there. A little bit of cherry. Like I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. Like cherry skins. You know, a little something like that. But I mean, that, that, I'm just trying to. I'm trying to describe oxidized to people who might not know yeah, yeah, I'm with the you. flavor characters. I, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% with you. Okay. I'm right on your, your train. I'm following on the track. And then right the people right. who know what oxidized is, you know, as soon as I said oxidized and they know it's an mm-hmm. imperial stout, they should be able to really get pretty close just from their personal knowledge. In a way, the the, cher- the, the cherry pie we talked about plays into this just because mm-hmm. uh, there's a slight component i mean because there's a slight component of cherry flavor in that cherry pie <laughs> in what the one percent of that flavor so there's if you take that one percent of cherry you can move it over to here and sort of get an idea of what the oxidation mm-hmm. flavor is now, i don't want to mislead people i've mentioned imperial style a couple times but this is on the label says belgian style dark ale so i'm going to focus 
my tastings. I don't want the label to brainwash me, but also I I don't want to mislead the listeners. Remember, they said on the website somewhere between a Belgian style strong ale, dark strong ale, and an imperial porter. Okay, so they're right. so they are okay with a little bit of a of a moving okay target. Yeah, I just didn't. I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't set the field early, and um, and have the people listening expecting the wrong thing. I do think the oxidation may be downplaying the role of the adjuncts here i don't really taste i think cows. it really i think it really wiped out the nuts yeah. for sure and the cocoa is just barely hanging on but not like like almost just at level of perception here's what i will say though i think the cocoa can sometimes play a role in oxidation or at least cocoa gets oxidized quicker uh i find that if mm-hmm. you have a slightly older chocolate bar you actually can get the same kind of flavor you can get in beer. You can get something a little bit cherry mm-hmm. that comes out of it because yeah. it does oxidize pretty quickly. So having cocoa in here may have affected the the way in which this this became the beer that it is today. Needs more antioxidants. <laughs> so did you hear the? I mean, the most recent story they have is antioxidants are bad for you. No, no, I just heard a podcast about how. The American diet is so lacking in antioxidants because they bred out bitter of all the commercial, you know, farm commercial farm food. Now, the problem is that antioxidants, or at least according to the article I read, and okay, this is just an article I read. This is not me doing the research or looking into the research that's going on. But the idea was that antioxidants are actually not cancer fighting. They're just as much food to the cancer as they are to your other cells. So in fact, you're feeding your cancer more when you're gen- when you're eating more antioxidants. <laughs> Give it six months. <laughs> Let someone else write and do some research. Yes, sure, sure, absolutely. We should talk about the the bacon cancer risk in the post show, just to put some perspective to it and whatnot. Yes, yes. So true. if you saw that article about bacon causing cancer, absolutely. Tune in the post show. It's it's not the end of the world. Um, it's it's not even the end of you liking bacon. No, it's it, the other, you need to look at the other things that are in the same level of classification. It and, will shock you. Yes, we'll talk about that more. Oh, this sounds like a like a TV local TV sweeps tease. <laughs> Tune in at eleven for is baking killing you? Tune in at eleven. All right. So, as a preview, if you don't want to listen to the to the, to the poster, so to to eliminate us from doing this, it will shock you thing. Just look up on you know go online and do you know uh, bacon. Uh, cancer level who and it will tell you the other you'll be able to find an WHO article. yeah WHO yeah. and you'll be able to, to, to find an article that explains the other things that are at that cancer level and we'll talk about it more on the post show if you don't want to bother to look online but here give you an out you can just do that <laughs> and not listen to the post show and yes you'll be shocked because I think that causes cancer too <laughs> shocking Shocking people, like, just mentally? Being just shocked. Actually being, being shocked. shocked. <laughs> being shocked. Either way. All right. I mean, Two Turtle Doves is a fine beer. Has a bit of an old ale character to it. I think it lost everything that Patrick wanted to put in this beer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, 
I don't think it is. I mean, it's not a bad beer. <laughs> that, that That's the interesting thing about it yeah. is that uh, even with the oxidation that, again, I do think was accelerated by the cocoa, even with the you know the, the, the pretty hearty level of, of acidity that adds to it and now, the granted, loss of the nuts. Now, granted, they are still selling this beer, right? I mean, Gary hadn't sellered this for seven years. Gary picked this up this year. True. He's part of the club, right. the brewery, whatever club that gets to go down and buy special beers. And so they were selling this beer. So the brewery... But again, they're only selling it to their club. They're not right. selling it. But, but what I'm saying is the brewery has got to know how this beer is aged. Yes. Yet they're still selling it. So they're selling it as Well, is. they're not selling a bad beer. Well, right, right, right. They're selling the beer with seven years age on it. They know what it tastes like. We shouldn't penalize them because there's no turtle-type flavors in there. You know, there's no chocolate, caramel, nuts. Well, we could penalize them because their thing says turtle and it's not turtle candy. Uh, I, I guess, I guess. But, I mean, but are they going to update everything saying not two turtle doves, but well, still no, a good you, beer? They, they could certainly have said to the people who they were selling the beer to, yeah. this was like this, this has changed, this is a different beer now. I don't expect yeah. them to put that on their website. They may have had... I don't know what the situation was when Gary... The easy, easy way to solve this is to have a sticker saying cellared and just put it right across the label. The cellared <laughs> version, right? And then you know it's not what right. the fresh version was. Right. Uh, I you know, I definitely would have loved to try two to doves. I, I, um, sometimes we get the chance to try things like that. Uh, and and it's awesome that we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes you guys out there will get a chance to try some stuff that uh, that is amazing that we will never get. And it's awesome when you get that chance, so you guys know what we're talking about. Yeah. So so this beer, just to, I just want to wrap it up real quick since we're almost through it. Um, it really lost most of or all of that candy character, the turtle candy character. It's not very Belgian-y. I th- do think it's leaning towards an Imperial Porter, Imperial Stout. The oxidation... Yeah, I would say more stout-like than anything The else. oxidation on it, it's better than the typical oxidation on an Imperial Stout. It, it has a little old ale, old ale character in it because it has aged more gracefully. Right. Imperial Stouts are okay when they oxidize, but they don't age as gracefully as something that's more malty. So maybe the Belgian backbone that's in there helped it age better. Possible. And I think that's really all I gotta say about it. I mean, I'm happy with that. All right, ranking time. Ranking time. Ranking time. Okay. So let's see. From no really bad beers this time. No easy last place. Um, no, no easy last place at all. I think I'm going to start from the top. I'm going to mix it. I'm going to start from the top and just process elimination. Do what you need to do, man. My best beer, favorite beer of the night was this Hardywood with the with the damaged cork, which didn't hiss at all when I opened it. I thought it was going to be a still moldy mess, but no, it was really good. The, it was really good. The cookie flavors in there. Oh, my God. It was so yummy. That's my best beer of the night. Um, you still got to get me those, what do they call Lady them? Locks. Lady Locks. Lady Locks. For I'm sure. I'm thinking Lady Fingers, but... That's not right. I'll get you some like locks of hair because they're cro- when you bake the phyllo, you roll them around clothespins. Like you put a clothespin in aluminum foil. Okay. And then you wrap the dough around the clothespin and you bake them that way. Huh. 
Yeah, never had those. All right. I may or I may have, but I don't. The round clothespins, right? Not not the not the spring loaded ones, but the old style round ones that just have the notch cut in to go over the clothesline. Think of a clothespin. Think of a clothespin in a cartoon. All right, keep going with your rankings. All right. Let's not get go down the the clothespin wormhole. Number two. See, it's already hard. Um, I think I'm going to do the the evolution. Why do you think this job wouldn't pay that much if you... Uh, if it was easy? If it was easy. If it was easy, anyone could do it. <laughs> um, I'm going to do the evolution. <laughs> I, I just, Even though it was hop-faded, I really enjoyed the flavors in that beer. Great malt. That was... That had the flavors... More or less of the bar- of what I really wanted out of the barley wine. Now, granted, it was more bitter than my English dollar barley wine would my my idealized English dollar barley wine would be. But I really like that. Uh, number three. These bottom four are all tight, so there's no there's no losers, just the hard luck one, and. Uh, Probably do the two turtle doves, even though it was not the beer that the label said. It was still very yummy. Then number four, I'll do the Saranac Gen Four. I think that Duck Rap was still just a little too hoppy to really be my wheelhouse, and that's that's why it's the hard luck loser. But it was still a good beer. Wait, what was the number four? I'm sorry. Four was Saranac. Five was the a uh, Duck Rabbit. Okay. Uh I Oh It's not easy to not easy being green, man. Not easy. Huh. Yeah, okay. So I just had to to run it through my mind to, to get exactly what I thought. Run a simulation. Run a couple. Run run several simulations. Some regressions. Yeah. Had to had to to write out the equation at least in my in the blackboard in my head mm-hmm. and sort of figure out the uh, what interferes and what doesn't. Uh, number five, the fifth beer. Number five beer of the night, the brewery, two turtle doves. Okay. A little bit too oxidized that you could taste. Uh, a little bit too cocoa oxidized. I could taste that particular sure, part of it. Too, uh, still enjoyed it. Still would have you know been happy to have it at home and, and drink it. So again, nothing, no losers. Oh, yeah, this tough, show. tough competition this yeah. show. Number four, I'm gonna go with Duck Rabbit. Uh, it had yeah more hops than I would have wanted in a barley wine, but it did have that perfect bit of. Flavor that was that was part of my equation that was putting it over the brewery. It had that per, that had that one perfect sip that I had that was like, man, that was a caramel candy. I love that. Whatever that was that brought me back to that point in my mind, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. that brought that in, right, that right. brought that emotion out of me. Uh, it did that. I'm saying it's entirely subjective, but it, it gets it four over. It gets it number four over the brewery at number five. Uh, my number three is going to be the Saranac. Uh, I thought it was a really well done session IPA, even though it was a session IPA and it fit that style. 
so it's hard for it's going to be really hard for a session IPA to win number one for me in a show that's not a session IPA show. Oh yeah, that's just the nature of the beast. But as a session IPA, I think it's a very good session IPA. One of the best ones I've had. I think that's that's good praise. Number two, uh, Evolution. Good double IPA, a little hot faded. That doesn't bother me at all. I actually enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, you know, I like the sort of the more English style that comes out of that, mm-hmm. even though it's not exactly what the brewer intended. But uh, that didn't bug me at all. So it didn't bother oh, me nothing. Gotcha. Uh, and no, one, it was. Re- I mean, just yeah. even though it was hot faded, it turned yeah. into still a really good beer. But the Hardywood was. Strangely enough, exactly. I I assume what the brewer intended, even though I dare say better than they intended. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it might have been because not only was the cap bad, but it was not served at forty degrees, and yet <laughs> we still. I think both of us really uh, enjoyed what was going on there, and I just slapped my computer and almost knocked it off the table. So right. that should tell you how excited I am. <laughs> Sounds about good. this beer. Which was uh, very much, uh, very much delicious. Very much good. All right, hey, we're going out the same song, refreshments. Thank you, everybody, for listening to. Do you want me to go with my other choice? No, not okay. really. You can play that next week if you really insist. Uh, tune in next week to find out what Greg's pick is. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, we like the Twitter at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, at Craft Beer Radio. Use any of them, use all of them. That's our happiest place. Tweet, early tweet often. And uh, email beer at craftbeerradio.com. Craft, Do that. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. And if you like the song, this is The Refreshments. The, their album is The Bottle and Fresh Horses. Yeah. This is Dolly. Their, their, biggest, their biggest song was Banditos. Remember the Banditos song where they... Uh... Maybe. Uh, I mean, I probably would, but it would take me too long. Yeah. Uh, Crappy Radio, despite the fact that we were playing copyrighted music, is licensed on the Creative Commons license. You know, we can say whatever we want to say. Uh, this is... Uh, well, we are there now it's fair use because we cut it off under that was that was 29 and a half seconds right sure all right see everyone we're commenting on the song so it's still fair use there you go so you can turn it back up play us out roger klein <laughs>